uh, we're in a series, week three of practice prayer, uh, and and so I'm excited today that we're going to hear from my dear friend and really a dear friend of our church, Pastor David Perkins. Uh, he's at fall camp. He's been here multiple times before, um, and he's a pastor of Radiant Church in Kansas City, um, and we've known each other for over 20 years. So we give a warm Mill City welcome to David Perkins. Hey, you guys did such a great job with uh, 21 Days of Prayer. I've been uh, secretly tracking you on YouTube and learning how to do church. <laughs> and uh, your finality is like, we're doing a finale next week. I just sent your finale uh, to my team saying, copy this. And so anyway, uh, thanks so much for teaching me how to do my job. Uh, but so awesome, your participation. Hey, um, I just want to say thank you uh, to Aaron and Jossie. I, Renata and I uh, look up to Aaron and Jossie, love them uh, so dearly. We met them in the summer of 2000. Uh, we got married, went on our honeymoon, and our first day back, we moved to Colorado Springs. Uh, my cubicle was next to Aaron Stern, and uh, I've been kind of doing whatever he does ever since. And so anyway, I am so grateful for Aaron and Jossie. Uh, Renata and I love their, the way that they follow Jesus. We love the way that, that we see uh, Jesus in their marriage. We love the way that they parent. We love the way that they planted a church. So we did. We love the way that they pray. We, we, we respect that you can see authentic. Actually, in a season where um, there's a whole lot of dynamics where pastors uh, are, are, have a lot of messes, it's so amazing to have people with such great character. Can you give your pastors a huge hand? I love you, and I so respect you. Uh, when I'm uh, on uh, having a conversation with Renata, whenever one of my friends call, um, I know not to ever answer it unless it's Aaron. And then she's like, oh, that'll make you healthier. You could just take that. So anyway, I take his call. Hey, uh, we're in a series uh, here called Practice Prayer. And I loved uh, Aaron's message. I listened to it uh, on this idea that God likes us. And so we draw near to him um, because we see a view of what he's like where he enjoys us, likes us, loves us. Of course, that opens up our heart to want to be close to him. And Aaron talked about uh, spending time with him, making it a priority. And then um, I, I love the message on that our prayers matter. Like we don't just do it um, just out of a spiritual discipline to be good, that our prayers change the world. Your prayers make a difference. That God, when we pray, we're laboring in the spiritual realm. You have spiritual say-so. God uses the voluntary prayers of the saints to actually make a difference in the world. And so um, I love that idea. Here's what I wanna build on today. I wanna to, to talk about spiritual warfare. I know some people get scared when you say that. Um, and you just think of some crazy ants that you have. Um, but, but, but I want to I go after the real battle that we're really in. I wanna, I, and, and there's this beautiful picture in Exodus 17 where it shows, it shows that there's a physical battle and, 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 and the Israelites are actually swinging swords and fighting a real battle. And at the same time, Moses is up on the hillside with his hands raised up to God and it's this picture of he needs God in the battle. And when God is, uh, is with us, then we're winning. And when his arms go down, then the Israelites are losing. So it's a perfect picture for us because you and I, 
There are things that we see. We're in a real physical battle. We're really making decisions about our emails, about our choices, about our attitudes, about if we are going to cuss out the person in the cubicle next to us or if we're not. We're really making decisions. Am I going to fast this year or is it, is it just too tempting to go to Chipotle every day? You know, like we're making those choices and our prayers make a difference. So I, I want to highlight that. If you have your Bibles, let's go Exodus 17. If you don't mind standing today in honor of God's word, we're going to read it together and then I'll pray and we'll go after this. Exodus chapter 17. Reading in verse 8 says this, the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. And as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. So when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone, put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask, Lord, that the fires of prayer would continue to burn bright at Mill City. Thank you for this season of daily prayer meetings and fasting. And Father, we lift up every battle of every person here today and online. And we ask, God, we need you in the battle. God, we want uh, to see God at work in our lives, not merely our own intellect, our own relationships, our own finance, our own strength, but God at work where we would look back and say, surely God is with us. I thank you, Lord, for each of these um, men and women and young people that love you and are seeking you are here today. I pray, Lord God, that 2024 would be a year marked by your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, when my children were little, uh, I wanted to teach them the Bible. And so when they were probably five, three, you know, one, I started this process where I have four, just forgot the last one, uh, typical four child. And so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I started this thing called, uh, I call it tribal Bible, where we would open up the Bible and then I would ask them questions. But when I would ask them questions, uh, they were so distracted that I needed a way to get them to pay attention. And so I started to bribe them like any good Bible teacher. And so um, I would have chocolate and I would give them M&Ms when they would get questions right. And so we started the kind of this family practice of, of <laughs> tribal Bible. Well, now they're 19, 17, uh, 16, and 13. And a few weeks ago, we were having um, one of our tribal Bibles. I no longer pass out chocolate. We mostly just talk about uh, what's going on in the culture and how they uh, follow Jesus as teenagers um, in this culture. But I began to get vulnerable and talk about uh, some of my own uh, trials, some of my own pain. Because I started in my prayer journal to actually write out, list out some of my battles some of my challenges. A moment ago, we were singing that song about, I'm gonna make it through. I said that. Like, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're with me. You're helping me walk through the valley. Like the battle that I'm facing as part of my prayer time alone with God to just write out. And I started to name the battles. 
started to name them. And I was joking around. I didn't mean to. I was spontaneously talking on a Sunday about um, being authentic and being really real with God about what we're going through. And I said, yeah, my children, they're always uh, singing that song from The Greatest Showman. A million dreams are keeping me awake. And I was like, that's not really what keeps me awake. I just have five nightmares <laughs> that keep me awake at night. And I got to pick which one am I going to pray about and work on today. And I had a lady come up to me after the service and said, I love the way that you're vulnerable in your sermons, but today was like pressing the edge of too vulnerable. And um, I don't know about you, but in your own journey, I think sometimes it's easy to take prayer and have it be a discipline and not necessarily get really open and honest and real with God in that secret place that Pastor Aaron talked about in week one, where you're really open and you're really honest with God about here's what I'm really facing. Here's, here's, here's what I'm walking through, God. And, 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 and I, my dream today is in this idea of practice to get to this place where that daily time alone with God would, would get to where you, number one, you pray it and you say, this is what I'm facing. And where I'm going is that number two, that you would not just pray it, but then you would start to look for God at work in the midst of your pain. Where, where, where you could even begin to see that God would open up your eyes for you to see, I'm in this battle. I'm in this struggle, but I could see God starting to move. And then where you begin to say it. So you see it and then you say it. And the, it, it sounds like praise in the midst of the battle. It sounds like thanksgiving in your life, alone with God, in the small group, in the marriage, in the text to your spouse on a Sunday, I will raise my hands and I, I, I will praise God. I enter into his gates in his courts with praise and thanksgiving. I'll say it. And, and so my struggle, my battle, and my circumstance doesn't define me. I will praise God no matter what I'm walking through. So we've been singing that song that got so famous about five or six years ago about, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you, right? This is how I fight my battles. And this is my, my, the, the weapons, one of the lyrics in that song that we sing, my, my weapons are praise and thanksgiving. I know you're thinking, has he really already sang three songs? <laughs> yes. Your pastor quotes N.T. Wright, C.S. Lewis, and Dietrich Bonhoeffer. When I come to town, it's just three songs, baby. Let's just go. <laughs> I tried out, uh, in seventh grade, I tried out for the basketball team and I didn't make it. In eighth grade, I tried out for the basketball team and I didn't make it. In ninth grade, I tried out for the basketball team and finally I got close, but I got cut. And so I just gave up on basketball and just went for musical theater, baby. So um, I, I might not quote C.S. Lewis, but I'll, I'll give you some songs. Um, but where I want us to get is that in the midst of what you're facing, whatever trial you're facing, where, where, when you're alone with God, you're naming it. These are my battles, God. And then you're in, in this place of prayer. You're getting to this place where you see God at work. I was uh, watching, uh, we had a, a, like a family movie night and we were watching, the, it was called The, the Bible. It was, um, I think Mark Burnett and uh, Roma, Roma something, uh, they created it and it was this, I really enjoyed it. It was this massive um, movie of the Bible. And on the night of the Exodus, there's a, a, a phrase, a moment where um, Moses looks back at the people soon as, the, as soon as the Red Sea starts to part. And he looks back at the people and he, 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 he looks at these people who have been grumbling and complaining and saying, we should have died in Egypt. And he looks back and he, it's an extra biblical text. We don't find it, but he says, 
It's like a Charleston Heston moment, but it's not Charleston Heston where he's like, God is with us. You know, I'm not exaggerating. I'm watching this with my family and I just start like tearing up because I, I, I've had so many moments of like, where I feel like, man, it looks impossible in front of me. I feel like people are whining and complaining and mad and behind me. And just that moment when you see just the break of the miracle start to open and just that God is with us. Actually in Exodus 14, the phrase here, there, before it even gets to the Red Sea parting is he looks and he says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. I live in a day and you live in a day in the information age where the temptation is for all of us to fight our own battles and to figure out a way because we're competent. We, can, we have Google. We have the internet in our pocket. And so every battle, I'll figure out a way. I, I, I was, I, I've got a heritage or I've got an education or I've got a personality where I can fix my problems. Just watch me. I'll fix it. I can do this. I got grit. Yeah, I'm, I, and so to be the people that are dependent on God that voluntarily take the time, whether it's in the morning or at your noon lunch hour or a walk where you go on a walk around a park and pray or if it's just where you turn off ESPN radio or Spotify so that you can take that 15 minute commute to work and that's your time of prayer or if it's when you're swimming laps. Well, I don't care what, but you've got in that time that Pastor Aaron talked about, you've got that prayer time and it's in that prayer time that you're casting all your cares on God and your strength is not in your own muscle or your own bank account or your own personality or your own relational network, but your strength is in God. And that's, 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 that's where we want to get. We want to get where we're dependent on him in the, midst of the, in the midst of the real battles that we're in. So the story that we just read in Exodus 17 is this story where... You've got Moses raising his hands and, and, and Aaron and her holding him up. And it's, this is symbolic of prayer. This is, God, I'm dependent on you. Prayer is dependence. Our nation and our culture, we're, all, we're, we're, we're proud of independence and we just tend to become independent people. And it takes intentionality to become people that are dependent on God. The culture applauds independence. The kingdom applauds dependence on God. So we become a people, we depend on God and say, God, I need you in the midst of whatever I'm walking through. And this, this prayer thing, I want to invite you to pray, to pray as obedience. And I know that's hard because we like to only do the things that we understand and that we want to do. That's our way. And so to take Jesus at his word, where when he explains prayer and he explains it like, Come before me and ask. For everyone that asks receives. All who seek find. Everyone knocks the doors open. And then when he's speaking of it, he talks about that it's like a father who gives give gifts to his children. We want to understand it. He invites us to do it. And I was thinking about this text. God sends the Israelites. They fight the Amalekites. If God wanted to defeat the Amalekites, Without the Israelites at Rephidim, he could do it. He could swallow them up. He could send lightning bolts. He could, how, he's God. He can do whatever he wants. But God chooses to use Joshua and these, this army in a real battle. It's a partnership. 
and you and I, we get the privilege of partnering with God. And in prayer, it's a partnership where God says, I have an agenda for the planet and I'm gonna use people who voluntarily pray. So when we pray, it is intentionally saying, I'm gonna come before God and I'm gonna not do this my way, I'm gonna do this his way. And instead of trying to control my world, I'm gonna come before God and say, God, I want you to break in. When I've got God in the midst, when I've got God and God, God is with me in the battle, it, it changes everything. The second idea I just want you to see is prayer for God's will. So I was thinking about it this way. Um, you know, I was watching, a, uh, I had a, a, like a, a night with my boys where I, I was like, it's kind of embarrassing, but I'm a child of the 90s. And so I was trying, had this night. I do a lot of like, like, like guy stuff, you know, like buy them swords and try to make them tough. And so um, I was concerned because both of my sons like a lot of the movies that my daughters like. And I thought I need them to see like old school masculine movies. So I've tried this new thing where I'm trying to like, you know, take them to Home Depot and make them watch man movies. And I don't know that's working, but um, I, I was fast forwarding some of the scenes, but I had them watch Braveheart. And um, we, we were, we were, we fast forward the bad scenes, but we were, we were watching Braveheart. And there's this moment where William Wallace, he's, he, they look at him, they say, what are you gonna do? He goes, I'm gonna go pick a fight, right? And, and I, I, I thought, and, and then he goes and he picks a fight and they go into battle. And I just thought, how many times have I gone and, in my, and, and picked my own fight and started a battle that I wanted? And then instead of, instead of being in the battle that, 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 that God has called me to, I'm doing my own thing. And then I ask God to come help me in something that I'm doing. And I'm mad at God that he's not helping me. It's like, I want you to come be the accelerator that helps me with my own agenda. And it's easy to treat him like Santa Claus or a genie in the bottle instead of, and to use God as a means to accomplish my will instead of me coming before God in prayer and saying, your kingdom come, your will be done. When we look at Jesus, Jesus is always getting alone with his father and wanting his father's will. He says it. He's always, he, he says, Jesus came, uh, John 5, 19, he says, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do nothing. Uh, he can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son does also. That's what the son wants. He's like, I just want to, I want to be with my father. And then I want, to, I want to do my father's agenda. That's the Christian life. I'm partnering with you, God. So this prayer, this is what I'm, I'm obedient. This is what you want me to do. And when I'm with you, then I just want to do your will. So it could be that there's four or five things in my life that I've picked up because I'm an American and I have some time abilities because I don't have to go. I, I've got grocery stores. I can get food real easy. I've got, I, I, forget grocery stores. I've got Amazon Prime, you know, or Instacart. I, I've got, I, 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 I've got my, and, and I'm trained. I can do anything. Go, and maybe it's possible that it, it, there's some things in your life that are actually your will be done. And if you were to backpedal and say, oh no, I just want my whole life to be, God, what, do you, what is your kingdom? What do you want? You're my king. I'm, I'm a bond servant. I'm a slave by choice. What do you want? And then you put yourself into those battles. You're going to find the, the breath of God, the God. Wow, God at work. I was sitting with my kids at that tribal Bible last week, which is why I'm preaching this sermon. 
because last week I looked at them and I said, I don't know how to explain this, but I can, I can see God fighting for me. And I named it very uh, hard things for me. And things that there's no way I could make that happen. Other dynamics where the only response is praise and thanksgiving. It's God at work. And I just want to invite you to slow down, get with God, list, name. Here's what I, here's what I need, God, who loves to give good gifts to his kids that ask. Here's the battle that I'm facing. And then watch God. God at work. Imagine the moment you've been come out of Egypt. Imagine what you feel when all of a sudden the Red Sea splits and the wind and the waves just start to create a way for you to go through. I mean, just imagine if you're thinking, the Pharaoh behind me, water in front of me, this is it. To suddenly see a supernatural, you gotta be kidding me. You would just be like, look at God, like, God is with us. And one of the joys of the Christian life it's those little moments on your walk, on your drive, as you're swimming, as you're talking with your spouse, as you're doing tribal Bible, what do you say? For me, it's never been the big Red Sea party. I, I don't feel like my life is the book of Exodus. I feel like my life is just little whispers. Just, and in my context, I've heard a lot of people tell big, grandiose stories of huge things. It's not my story. My story is just little tiny ways that God's helped me through the battle, kept me going, helped me forgive, helped me not become irate at all the people that I'm tempted to hate. And just see, God, you did that. God, you provided. Oh, wait a minute. We never got the millions of dollars, but God, you, you provided the dollars needed. Oh God, and just begin to say it. All right, praise, thanksgiving. God, you fight for me. I need only to be still. There's more strength in say, giving my prayers to God, casting my cares upon him than there is on every time management, every leadership book, every finance book, every masterclass to get control of my life. But I just invest. All right, God. And I'm be a good steward of your time. Be a good steward of your money. I'm not coming against those things. But I'm, I am saying, don't do those things to the absence of a prayer life with God. Oh, you get God on your side and you're like, what's up? Arms up, Amalekites, see you later, right? Arms up, what's up? Waters part. I mean, you just read Exodus 14 and 17 and you're like, if I get God in the battle, I win. All right, then I, I just want to go back to this battle. You pray in faith. Think about the faith it takes for Moses right here. Arms go up, and all of a sudden, Israelites start to win. And what I love, no way he can see the whole battle. But it's making this statement to God. I can't see everything, but I know God at work. There's, Ephesians says it this way, um, that God works in ways that are far more than we can even fathom. Listen to this, Ephesians chapter three. Now to him who, who is able to do immeasurably more 
than all we ever ask or imagine. To that God, he, he can do immeasurably more than we could ask. But when we ask, there's things that you can't even see. There's no way Moses sees the whole thing. It's like, and God at work. And this is, this is faith. This is what you do. We come before God. We just say, I'm just going to believe in faith. And this looks insane. It's insane to the culture. What is wrong with you? Why are you going to 21 days of prayer? You're giving up your Friday night to go to a finale? Like a finale, like a July 4th finale? No, like a finale, like for what? Oh, we stopped eating for 21 days and talked to an invisible God. Oh, you're cray cray. <laughs> this is how I fight my battles. God at work, faith, Jesus loves faith. Jesus looks at the centurion and says, oh, no, no, no. You, I, I, all I need is for you to say the word and he'll be healed. And Jesus goes, I'm not seeing such great faith in all of Israel. Jesus sees it in that woman that's just saying, please, my daughter's severely demon-possessed. Oh, she keeps coming back over and over again, Matthew 15. And finally he goes, oh, woman, you have great faith. Done. It's like it's his love language. He just, just, and in our culture, it's the crazy people that give up their time, talent, resources to come before an invisible God, say back to him what he told us to say to him. And he goes, those are the people that I'm co-laboring with. You're laboring in the spiritual realm. The world might think you're crazy, but this is what God invites us to do. Talk to him, partner with him. And so we pray it's obedience, we pray for God's will, we pray in faith, and then this last one in this text, and this is a fun one, we pray with persistence. We hate persistence. Everybody does. I was talking to a lady this week, and she said to me, David, I'm so thankful for this fast, um, but I like food, and I, I like food more than other people like food. And I just thought it was so cute, and I was really nice, but I just thought I was like, I I think we all like food, I'm, you know? <laughs> and I think for all of us, we're like, I'm just the one that doesn't like to persist in prayer. No, I think it's everybody that when it's like, I prayed and I asked and it didn't come out like I'd wanted. All of us have the temptation to just punt and go, I think I wanna be done. I don't feel like I have the interior strength to ask again. I think I'll quit. But this is Luke 18, when Jesus tells that parable, he says, I desire that you would always pray and not give up. Why? Because we all tend to become weary. All of us get tired. And the beautiful part of this Old strange Old Testament Exodus story is Aaron and her hold up the arms of the tired intercessor. That's all of us. Some of, sometimes you're Moses where you're just tired and you need Aaron and her to come and just hold up your hands. You wanna sit down and you need Aaron and her to just hold up your hands. That's why I think that the Cinderella of the church is the prayer meeting. That's why I think that coming out of 21 days of prayer, some of you, when you hear Pastor Aaron say, hey, let's do spring semester small groups and we need more leaders. Some of you, the best, the best prayer group you could have is just pull three people together at Starbucks or in your house or meet at a park and say, look, can I pray for you? Can I carry that burden? Can I hold up your arms? 
can I just pray with you, pray for you, help you keep going because I know that you're weary and you're battle and you're tired and I just wanna pray for you. Some of the, one of the best things you could do is say, hey, Aaron and Jossie, how can I pray for you? Hey, children, how can I pray for you? And here's the fun thing. The intercessors start to see just a little bit of God at work and they get excited about it. I love this. So here's what I invite you to do. Practical, daily. I'm adding to what Aaron's already said. Your daily prayer time. Spend it with God. Be with him. Get super close. Don't let that. And, but dialogue. Like two-way. Talk to God. Form that habit. And, but it, what I'm talking about is in that habit, name it. Here's my five nightmares. Here's what I'm struggling with. And then ask God, God, will you be at work in that battle? God, will you help me? Will you strengthen me? Will you be at work? And then what'll happen is you'll start to see it. If you pray it, you'll start to see it. Open up my eyes, God, help me to see it. You tend to see whatever you're looking for. So when you see God at work in the world, normal people pass by it. Intercessors see it. Normal people think intercessors are crazy. Ah, uh, I don't know that that's really God. The intercessors go, oh no. They, I, I, I see, this is what I was praying for. This is what I've been believing God for. And they say, I think it's a coincidence. And intercessor says, when I pray, coincidences happen. When I stop praying, the coincidences stop happening. But you know the joy for me, I'm not comfortable telling you what took place because it's still too personal. But I saw a story, nobody turn around so fast last week. I looked at my kids and I go, God's fighting for me. I could have never done that. I, I could not have made that happen. God did that. And you know what happens? I can feel myself closer to God. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. So then you see it. And then you start to say it. Whether you're alone with God. Where it's taking the hand of your spouse before you fall asleep. God, thank you. We praise you. This is the song we sang a moment ago. My, my weapons, my weapons are praise and thanksgiving. This is how I fight my battles. Oh, you're a Looney Tune. Oh no, I'm a Christian. This is how I fight my battles. And I come in here on a Sunday and I sing the songs. You're gonna help me. I'm gonna make it through. The rest of the world goes, kill the pain with more Netflix and more recreation and more, and you're the one who's, I do life with God. I'm on his team. I cast my cares on him. He cares for me. My comrades help me. And I'm just telling you this, you build that practice. That, here's what I'm going through. And then you see God at work. I, my son Dawson, he just bought three weeks ago. We, I took him uh, to... Uh, Topeka, it's our capital. Just drive through, it's not worth stopping. Um, <laughs> but we bought a CRV for him. I, have, I, I didn't even know the word Honda CRV. But in the last three weeks, I've seen CRVs are everywhere. You know why? Because now I'm looking. You know what the Christians do? We're looking. God at work. Everybody passes by and doesn't even see it. But we've been praying it in the secret place. We've been seeing it. And we're those crazies that stand on a Sunday morning and say, Callie, sing it again. 
I'm going to make it through. And I want to invite you to see it. Sing it. Say it back to God. You'll get so close. Bow your heads with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I lift up Mill City Church. And I thank you for 21 days of prayer, seeking God that is epic. An example for churches across America of faithfulness in the secret place. People that fast and pray. People that walk by faith. People that pray over the prayer cards on the stage and actually spend calendar time getting up early in the morning, giving up lunch, coming in the evening. And I pray, Lord God, that 2024 would be a year they would look back and say, God's been fighting for me. God is with us. Just, God, breathe on this house. In Jesus' name.